What's going on, Badger fans? Really excited about this one. Um, coming on to the show for a second time, we got Rafael Davis talking about the Badgers, Big Ten basketball, and everything in between. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Badger fans, welcome to Locked On Badgers as always. Your team every day. Really do appreciate it. Uh, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And we're wasting no more time. We're bringing Rafael Davis into the show. Uh, second time on the show for Rafael Davis. 2015 Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Purdue star. One of eight Boilermakers with 1,000 career points, 500 boards, 200 assists. Thank you for joining the show again, my friend. I uh, appreciate you having me. It's always a pleasure to be on. Listen, I, I wanted to, before we get started, and I always say this when we get really good guests on, I run out of time before questions. So I want to focus on getting smarter here on the show. But you came on the show when we first started. You were actually the first guest on Lockdown Badgers ever. And <laughs> I've always cool. been really grateful for you taking the time to do that um, when a lot of people would have just said no. And you were very gracious with your time. You remain gracious with your time. So I want to let you know I've always been very grateful for that. Oh, no, I appreciate it. And, uh, um, thanks for saying that. But no, it's, uh, anytime I can talk hoop, it's always fun for me. But no, I appreciate you even asking me to be on. I love it, man. I want to start here. Um, this basketball now, when you played 2000, you were in kind of the mid 2000, 2012, 2015, 16 in that range. You were a good three point shooter, good defender, switchable, versatile. Do you think your game would translate even better to basketball now? Um, it depends too, because um, really now if I hooped, I probably just wouldn't care as much as I did then about what coach told me to do, and that's not um, that's not saying I wouldn't listen to coach, but coach would always, coach would always pull me to the side and say, um, he would even tell me you listen to me too much in a sense, maybe not in that way, but he would say some, um, he would say you got to have a screw you bone to the point at some point so um and i never really had that at purdue it was kind of do what i'm told run the play don't break the play guard play hard type of deal and um if i was to do it again i don't have any regrets by any means but nowadays knowing how free it is i'll probably just shoot it a lot more and just play off the dribble but yeah i think now i think i think we kind of my era is kind of the same era of what kind of the play is now because i mean i wasn't the year I left is the year Carson Networks came in and hit eight threes in the game and stuff like that. So I'm not too far from it. I want to throw this question out there. I did ask if anyone had questions for you. This came from our subtext. Uh, favorite Badger you played against during your playing time? <laughs> you know what? I just really didn't like Wisconsin. But if I had to choose one, <laughs> that's funny. I really liked, but I really didn't like Gasser. Like, yeah. Like, I like playing against him because that was a year also I was pretty good offensively and he checked me. So, um, it was all – that was fun because I knew he was a really good defender and he really played hard. And he kind of um, – he could go – I mean, not, I'm not I'm not this big tough guy or anything like that, but sometimes I could push the limits and he wasn't going back down. And um, it was good too to – it was fun to – to be guarded by such a high caliber defender. And um, he just went about his business in a good way. Um, I mean, Frank Kaminsky, I mean, obviously it's always fun to play against good players. 
it was always fun to guard Sam Decker. Like I would guard Sam Decker. We were in the same high school class. Um, so now, no, I think I think I would go with Gasser if I had to choose one. And then Nigel Hayes was Nigel Hayes was funny to play against. Like Nigel Hayes, um, Nigel Hayes's trash talk was above my head sometimes. <laughs> so it's like some of it just didn't affect me. And he was a very intelligent dude, but um, it just didn't make sense in a park way. And that's kind of how I talk trash. I love that. That's a great quote. <laughs> What about Koenig? Do you ever get switched off to uh, off onto Koenig? No, nah, actually, Bron- okay, so there you go. That's a good one. Bronson Koenig is my favorite player to watch for Wisconsin. Mm. That's um, because I can remember I still talk. I can still talk trash about PJ because him and PJ are in his same class. I remember they came in, and Bronson was coming off the bench that year, and I thought he should have started. He had work. I thought he was the um. I still think he's maybe the sauciest guard that Wisconsin's had. And I mean, Bronson could um. Uh, he could go off the dribble. And I know um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the big man's name. I was a freshman that year. That was pretty good. Uh, he came in with Bronson. Uh, mm-hmm. I know he got a lot of the, he got a lot of the credit after we left and after Nigel left. But I think Bronson was the guy that kind of made the ship go. Okay. Uh, okay. He was messing AJ up with the footwork inside. He couldn't shoot. What was the um, – Ethan Happ. You talking about Ethan Happ? Ethan Happ. There we go. Yeah, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. There we go. Another Ethan Happ was really good. And he um, he gave AJ work. I remember that. AJ didn't respect him when he was a freshman that first game. I think he was in Mackey, if I'm not remembering it wrong. And he gave him work. But I always said Bronson um, – I always said Bronson was the key to that team, especially off the bench. He gave him a different type of swagger. Who's a better post player, Ethan Happ or Kaminsky? Ethan Happ. Yeah. His footwork was um, – I mean, Frank Kaminsky, obviously, who he is, and he's a great player, NBA player. But I think Ethan Happ's footwork in the post and his um, and his ability to draw fouls and get to his spots, and he wasn't the most athletic guy. He wasn't dunking on everybody. I think he was really good. I think um, what made Frank so good was you couldn't put a big on Frank. So, I mean, Frank's post up a lot of the time came against smaller guys sometimes, like – I don't remember Frank posting up AJ a bunch, but Ethan would take AJ down there. You know what I mean? Ethan would take Isaac down there. And uh, whereas though Frank would shoot over you, stretch you out to the three, drive around you, pick and pop type of deal. He would put Vince Edwards in the post. I guarded Frank a bunch. He would put me in the post. And you just kind of got to hope for the best. Hope AJ's behind you on the front. Let me let me switch this. And I listen, I could talk about these matchups all day. That was, that was prime Badger basketball for Badger fans. Um, but I want to talk about the Badgers last year go big picture, Greg Gard. Badger fans were frustrated. Um, there, we've been accustomed to going to March Madness, going to the dance. There's, there's a fringe that even are like, listen, Gard's not the guy. You, if you can't get to the dance every year, at Wisconsin, you don't deserve to be coaching Wisconsin. What, what are the expectations? Should, what should they be for Wisconsin year in and year out? I mean, I was talking to a guy this morning. He said, um, on Twitter, I don't know who. I don't, actually, I don't know if it's a guy. It was um. A person. I don't know if it's a guy or a woman. It was a person. And um, they said, if you don't go to the Final Four and win a national championship, it's a fa- your season's a failure. So I think fans um, – and I was an Indiana fan. So I think fans have gotten to the point where um, it's a little bit of entitlement behind winning. And um, we think winning is easy, especially when you're a program that's had success like Wisconsin, that's had success like Indiana or Michigan State. You just assume winning is easy. And then also nowadays, in my opinion, this may – a coach may not be able to say this, but if you're a fan and you're, like, really upset that, like, your program is not winning or not where they should be, 
at this point you can donate. You know what I mean? And that sounds kind of like what it is, but like it's a lot of collectives and a lot of alliances. And, and nowadays, players don't necessarily care. Like when I was a freshman in high school, I committed to Purdue, and I committed because one of the, one of the reasons I committed, I can remember, we had a bathroom in our dorm, and my siblings were in college at the time. They had like one bathroom in the whole hallway. I had a bathroom in my dorm. We had a full court downstairs. Like those things don't matter anymore. Now it's how much am I getting in this NIL deal? Like, so now if you're a fan, you can really play a part in that and help get good players. But I think at Wisconsin, I mean, you want to make the tournament every year and they have that standard, which is good, but they missed the tournament. They go to NIT championship. So, I mean, I think they make the tournament this year and I think they have the guys to keep doing it. But I think um, if you're a fan and you want this to be the next 30 year run of tournaments, in this day and age, you can really help with that. Yeah, it's true. And it's funny you mentioned the, the bathroom in your dorm. And you go look at Kansas's basketball facilities. Just throwing one random team out there. It's right. the bathroom in your dorm. There's a theater in your dorm. Yeah, right barbershop upstairs. Uh, like, that's like yeah, one of my guys with the Kansas. Like, it's like a – nowadays it's a whole – like, if you – facilities matter, NIL matters, uh, the stuff that the stuff that the traditional fan once didn't think about, didn't have to think about. Now we actually, even myself, even myself being a fan of college basketball, if I really cared about a school and I wanted to complain enough, if I had enough energy to complain, I, I could find a way to have enough energy to help the problem. So um, I think we could look at it that way too. It's a lot of ways, but Coach Guard has been a part of a lot of success. He's done it the right way. He hasn't cut corners. Last year they just lost a lot of close games. And when you lose a player like Johnny Davis, a guy that you just get a ball to Johnny at the end of the game, and rather it's defensively, offensively, on the glass, he's going to find a way to win them the game. He, he's won them the game with offensive rebounds when he was at Wisconsin. He's won them the game by making game winners, by getting stops. And when you lose a guy like Caliber, your team drops. I mean, when Purdue lost Robbie Hummel, that next year we played in the CBI. <laughs> so right. it's like – Sometimes it just sometimes you just can't replace that guy. And it takes a while. It takes a while for that locker room full of role guys that supported the guy to figure out which guy it's going to be. And then last year you saw Connor Season step into that role. And I think this year he's going to even progress even more. So I think um I think some I think programs you sometimes it just happens, but it wasn't um <clears throat> Coach Guard is still a great coach. He's still a guy for the job. He's still has taken this program to great heights. And I think uh, I think he's, he's going to get them back to where they want to be. Yeah, I'm excited about this year, too. We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers with BTN's Rafael Davis. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. It's Lockdown's choice for a sports book. And it's it's we're, uh, listen, I've talked to you guys about this. If you want to jump in on this with me, right, we can go to the Niners winning the Super Bowl. We can go to the Braves winning the World Series, the Suns winning the NBA Finals, parlay all that with me together. That's where I'm at on FanDuel. Uh, there's a reason why I use FanDuel. It's the safest, most secure, easiest, simplest app to use. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100, $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. So, again, if you want to parlay with me, Phoenix Suns winning the Finals, Braves winning the World Series, Niners winning the Super Bowl. Let's put some Scrooge McDuck back in the bank, and we'll go from there. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. All right, we're going to get Rayfeld Davis back on the show. Um, I want to talk Badgers this year, Rayfeld. 
you mentioned a little bit Connor Siege, and that was the second part of a question a guy had. Who who do you think makes the the biggest jump from last year's team to this year's squad? So I want to say jump, but I would say Chucky Hepburn. I'm the most excited for this season. I think uh, last year you come into the season a lot of hype. Um, you're the guy now. Um, you're a sophomore. You're all Big Ten preseason. And then the season just um and Chucky didn't have a bad season. He just he just didn't hit the game winners he hit the the year before. But it's just I don't think he had the year he wanted to have. So I think Chucky uh no one's talking about him in the preseason. You think of people talking about Big Ten point guards, it's Boo Booey, Jameer Young, it's um AJ Hogard, even people throwing Bruce Thornton in that picture now. So it's like um we're just forgetting about Chucky Hepburn, a guy that's Make that's beating that's beating the number one team on his home court. So it's um, I think he ha- he makes a, a big jump. I think Tyler Wall has a lot to prove. Um, he has to he he could be the only Badger to have two Big Ten championships or was it three Big Ten championships, something like that. Three Big Ten championships. So I think um, he he attacks it in a different way. But I think Connor Season, a four wing area guy. I loved his um his red outfit yesterday. Good, right. But, um, he looks good. Yeah, I think uh, you wear that. You got to be confident, man. I think uh, I think he makes the biggest jump. I think um, people always say players make the biggest jump from their freshman to sophomore year, especially players that's played in a lot of minutes. And so his jump won't necessarily feel like a freshman to sophomore, per se. It'll kind of feel like he's more of an upperclassman now because he played a bunch as a freshman. He knows what's going on. So I think he makes that, that jump defensively, which he lacked last year, which hurt them some. So I think um, – I think he'll be really good. I think AJ. I think AJ comes in and changes things for Wisconsin and gives them something athletically they they haven't had maybe since Sam Decker. And Sam Decker was just a pure athlete. Like I don't know if people realize how great of an athlete Sam Decker was, but I think AJ stores athletically right there with them, and I think he's going to be able to help push the basketball transition um, at the end of a shot clock. I think he's a guy that. You can get out the way for it and just kind of hope for the best. You can kind of he can kind of get to the basket, get to his pull up. He can make jumpers. So I think Wisconsin is. Uh, I think they got a really good team. I think they. Um, no one's talking about them obviously because they, they just got to prove it. But I think. Um, I think they're a team in that kind of. I guess you would say, they were preseason five through ten range that um, could really I think see getting into that top three range. Okay. I want to go back to Hepburn. I really want to go under the hood here and, and pick your your mind. He he got a lot of flack from, and this was partially because of expectations last year, but right. people saw him at the end of shot clocks, at the end of games, taking some difficult shots. I always felt like it's more of a reflection of he didn't have shooting and spacing around him. Like he he's a bit more of a traditional point guard in my field, like someone who right. really wants to set up players. Uh, maybe not his game to take the other team's best defender one-on-one at the end of a game, like maybe a springy right. six-three point of attack defender. Um, right. where, what is he? Who does he remind you of him? And do you think I'm on track here? Just thinking that that probably isn't Chucky's game necessarily. I mean, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think he can. I think he can get to a spot. I think last year at times he struggled. I think um, this year talking with coach, I think he's in a better shape. I think he's gotten a little bit quicker. I think um, he's got a little bit stronger to take those bumps to get to the basket. But sometimes last season he did feel like he settled at times for those tougher shots. But like you said, 
he is a traditional great, just a point guard, a guy that can set others up, that can get to a spot, that can score when needed. But I think um, Chucky is driven off of getting others involved. And like you said, he needs – I think guys, a point guard like Chucky needs a running mate like an A.J. Store, like a guy that can come in, an athletic guy that can slash, that can open things up, not necessarily just face the floor, but also give another threat to get to the basket. I mean, you look at last year's team, Chucky has the ball. Everybody else is kind of jammed in. One, because it's not really a lot of spacing shooting, but there's nobody you're really worried about. If Chucky drives and I kick it, they're not beating me off the dribble. You know what I mean? And this year they they have a guy where he drives, rather if it's Ethan on Ethan, I mean Ethan, rather if it's Tyler Wall on a post kick out or Crowell on a post kick out, they have a guy that can catch it. One, two dribbles into the lane and score at the basket. And it's not just dependent on Chucky getting paint points from the perimeter. So I think um, that helps loosen up the defense, which was similar to what Johnny Davis was able to do a little bit too. So I think that um, I think getting that piece really helps Wisconsin. That athletic guard, like a Johnny Davis, maybe not as good, or we don't know if he's as good, but we know athletically he's there. So, yeah, I think that helps. Is there anybody, and this is another question, we got this from the Hey, my bad, sorry. No, go ahead. When you have a guy like that that is a threat on the perimeter to get to the basket, you have to put your bigger guard to guard him. Yo, so that guard doesn't that guard doesn't guard Chucky this season. That guard guards him. You know what I mean? And if Connor is getting to the basket, playing off the dribble, they check the so now I think this year Chucky is back being guarded by traditional point guards. And I, I think that's a great point because at the end of the games, you saw the other team's best wing defender, not the other team's yeah. point guard. The best wing yeah. defender on Chucky. Because you could switch, and nothing against Max at all, but Max over the season just got more comfortable. And early on, I mean, you're new. And I play with transfers. I play like a guy like Johnny Hill came in at Purdue, fifth-year transfer. He didn't, he, he didn't feel comfortable doing certain things because he was new. And I think as the season went on, Max started feeling comfortable taking certain shots making certain plays off the dribble, and things started to loosen up, especially in the NIT. Mac, well, not NIT, before. That kind of run before postseason. Mm-hmm. It kind of – when it, just injuries kind of – but anyway, I think if they're healthy all, all the way through, they make the tournament last year. I mean, your best player goes down, but it's just one of those things where Max got better progressively. Even this season, I think Max will come into the season more aggressive offensively, rather if it's – um not just being a play hard guard and a swing guard to swing the ball offensively. I think he takes some of those shots to loosen the pressure. But I think um, last season you could get away of just putting your point guard on max and just switching your two on the Chucky. And that's uh, this year. I think teams will have to get away from it. A uh, quick question here. Any um, offense will be better. Do you think the offense will be better with any of the recruiting class coming in? Um, maybe reward this a little bit. Are you really excited about any of the recruits coming in, whether it's a Yalden, a Winter? We talked about AJ Store. Yeah, I like Gus. <laughs> yes. I like Gus the Bus. That's my guy. I like Gus the Bus. He went to Lalamere. I went to Lalamere. So I um, got to see him practice a bit. I got to call a couple of his games. I do a little bit of work at the high school level. So I got to call a few Lalamere games. I mean, my the manager of our team is one of was one of their coaches. So I think um I think Gus will end up being a player. I think um and after spending time with Brian Butch, I think he's right up that right up that that same kind of Wisconsin big man alley. He's emotional. He really, really cares. I think um sometimes he may get in his way because he cares so much and he wants to be that good that he is uh, he could get overly emotional. 
But I think Gus, I think Gus will be a really, really good player in the Big Ten. I think he'll be a player that um I think Gus will be that guy that's here four years. That guys will be like he's that other fans will be like, he's still here. I hate him. I don't like his attitude. Like, that's who I, I'm excited for Gus's career. He can shoot the ball from deep. Um, he can post, obviously. He can pay. He's a willing passer. He likes to pass. I I um I think if he he gets in shape at a collegiate level and he puts on collegiate strength, I think uh, he's going to make guys play at his pace, and I think he can pick guys apart. What do you think of my – and, by the way, I'm a longtime adopter of the Gus bus from before he committed to Wisconsin. I, I, I think he's going to be great at Wisconsin. I think he's going to be a fan favorite. I yeah. think he's Brad Davison. In a, as exactly. A- he's just the big – he's just the big Brad Davison, John Gass, like Gasser, like that annoying antagonizer that's going to, like – Maybe kind of, I mean, Hunter Dickinson-ish, kind of like he just – and he's good. He's not a guy that's uh, – he's not a big guy that's bad. He's a big guy. He knows he's big. He likes to be big. And he's going to throw his weight around. I think by the time he's a senior or whatnot, I think it'll be um his team. And I think a lot of it will uh, will go through him. I think if he can continue to shoot the ball well, especially from deep, if he can – I know a lot of big men, even guards, when you come to high school from – come to college from high school, he just struggled to shoot it from deep, but I think um, if he can continue that, I think he's the he's the he's the Wisconsin big that everybody will like. Yeah, he's definitely going to be the guy that opposing fan bases when you go to Michigan State, Purdue, they're going to have chance yeah. for him. And you only have chance yeah. for the players that annoy you because they're good, right? You don't. Yeah, like him and Connor Season, like Connor Season, yep. Connor Season senior year, Gus's junior year, like that's a no matter else who you have, that's a really good two to start with. Yep. Like so, yeah, I like Gus. I like Gus. I like his yeah, – I, I like it. Yeah, I can't say I don't. We're going to take one more quick break. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to ask Rayfell Davis who wins the Big Ten. And we're going to play a game of how well does Rayfell Davis know Rayfell Davis. That's coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for friends of the show over at LinkedIn. And Rayfell Davis would, would know this too, talking about this. You need the right pieces on your team to build a championship contender. You need the right pieces in your corporate office to build a championship contender. That's what LinkedIn does. LinkedIn is the number one – hiring service for small businesses. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's what LinkedIn job does. They find you the right people faster and for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you want to hire, who you want to recruit into your team. And it's why small businesses continue to rank LinkedIn jobs, number one, delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, let's get Rafael Davis back on, VTN basketball analyst, former Purdue Boilermaker. Um, Rafael, I do want to really quickly give you a second. Where can people find anything that you have going on, any work that you have going on? Uh, Um, Any information you need to know about myself or – I founded a nonprofit, my wife and I, a couple of years ago. Uh, we're actually having a fundraiser tonight, uh, Purdue's football field. So, um, RayfieldDavisBasketball.com. And if that's all about our uh, youth development, inner city uh, type of work that we do. I love it. And for those who may not know, Rayfield is one of the real ones. I remember like eight months ago, you had a post on Twitter about a kid playing basketball. He didn't have a, a basketball hoop. So you you guys uh, yeah. put it together to go and buy him a hoop, put it together. Yeah, uh, he's he's one of the real ones. So give him a follow. We'll see what's going on. Uh, one of the good people out there in the basketball community. 
Uh, Rafael, I want to go here. Who wins the Big Ten this year? Purdue. I think Purdue is uh, – like Robbie – I think Robbie said it yesterday. Purdue is in a class of its own, especially in the Big Ten. Um, when you win the game by – you win the league by three games. I mean, you win the Big, turn, Big, Big Ten tournament. Michigan State is the other favorite. You sweep them, and they bring everybody back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you bring everybody back. They add a few pieces, but you also add a few pieces. So I think uh, Purdue's the favorite. If I was to rank it, I would go Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland, Illinois probably, and then Wisconsin, Ohio State. That would probably be my um, six. And then I go Northwestern. I think um, I think that's seven. I feel really strong about making the NCAA tournament run. I think that seven, I feel like, really could make it. Then I think if everything goes right for, say, Indiana, Rutgers, Michigan, I mean, everybody else, really, Iowa, like if like Tony Perkins, Sanford, and McCaffrey, they make a big jump and they can kind of take the, take, the, take the reins and then Ben Kirky is as good as advertised as a guy that's averaged 20 in his previous league. I think Iowa's right there as well, just – I mean, they always have a guy that can score, but I think those are my um, those are my top five right now. All right, we're gonna finish up here. Play a quick fun game of how well does Rafael Davis know Rafael Davis? You ready? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. All right. Um, most points he scored at, at Purdue, and against who? Twenty four against Iowa, and Michigan State. Crushed it. Nicely done. That Michigan State game, you hit you hit six threes, man. Yeah. I had the Michigan State is a funny story. I had I think what five in the first half. I think I go five or six from three in the first half. I think I finished the game. You I don't know. I have to go look. But I, I can remember going to practice the next day and never forget it. Going to practice the next day, Paint was like, Ray, you were six for eight in the in the first half. You were six for eight in the first half. And I think I finished the game eight for twenty-seven. Uh, almost <laughs> I almost shot us out of the game in the second half. I almost single-handedly. That's one of the things. Single-handedly, I almost lost us the game. <laughs> so. That's awesome. It was your highest-scoring efforts. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that was cool. That was a fun game. I had never beat. I had never beat Michigan State up to that point. That was my first time I beat him in my career. Uh, career free throw percentage. Were you over or under seventy-three? Oh, I was probably like seventy-two. Yeah, you're just under. Yep. Yeah. See, yeah. Most free throws you ever took in a game, over or under 15.5? Over. I think I took like 17 against Missouri and Maui. You had 18 against Mizzou. How did you get to the line 18 times? See, I sucked. I sucked against Kansas the game before. The game before, I sucked against Kansas so bad that we walked into the locker room, and we in Maui, and I walked up to paint, and I said, yo, my bad. Like, that year before, we had come last place in the Big Ten. That was our previous – that was our preseason tournament. We in Maui. And I sucked in the first game. Like, against Kansas State, Paint was playing Bruce Weber again. And we lost. Marcus Foster tore us up. And then um, that we had an opportunity. The guys went to the – like, everybody got to hang out, went to the beach. And then um, Paint said he was going to the gym. And if you wanted to go, go. And I, I went. And I think I myself and I took one of our freshmen with us. And we were only two guys. And we uh, worked out, played. And I think I shot like 100 free throws, and I made my point to get to the free throw line the next game. And I, I remember that. I remember that. Yep. And then that next game, we beat on BYU, and I had a good game against that one too. So, yeah, that's my junior year. Was Was there any grifting in that game? Like, were you were you baiting calls, or was that a legitimate 18 trips to the line? No, nah, that was like really like going to the basket, getting hailed. Like, um, like it was just like – and we were – we were they wanted to press us. 
And we were just, I just, honestly, I just was driving the ball to the basket. And then, and then we got into the, um, and then you get into the one and one situation. You know what I mean? And then you get, they won. The, and then at that point, it's over. Yeah. We got, I think we got to a free throw game early into the second half. And then they kind of went from there. And that was at that year, that year, John Noctis was our point, And we, um, I handled the ball a bunch coming off of ball strings and whatnot. So yeah, I was, yeah, I was hooked up that game. Yeah, high school. I remember high school. I, high school, I had a game where I scored uh, 57, and I think I had 28 free throws in a game. What does it feel like to score? I mean, I have to take – we got to wrap this up here in a minute because I don't want to take any more of your time. But what does it feel like to score 57? Like, how well do you sleep that night? <laughs> like, nah, I, mean, I don't even know. I remember one of my teammates, and he's no longer with us. I remember he uh, – God rest his soul. He walked up to me in the game after the free throw line. He said, man, you got 40. Go for 50. And I didn't even know. And I think uh, it's just one of those things where – and actually at that time, you could say in high school you're playing bad competition, but we were playing against Northrop, which at that time had the, had the Scott twins, and Bryson was going to Purdue with me, and then Bryson's twin went ended up going to Indiana State. So that was like a uh, – I felt like a, it was me versus the twins. And so I had to outscore both of them. And that was, the, that was the goal, and it happened. And 15 years later, I'm still able to share that post on Facebook and piss Bryson Scott off. I love so, uh, it. It feels better now than it did then. <laughs> I love it. All right, two more quick ones here. Most turnover. Not we got to turn this into a negative one here. Most turnovers you ever right. had in a game. Uh, five. Eight. Yeah. Against who? Ohio State. Which? Ah, uh, yeah. I could imagine. I could imagine. Look, had there, to be there, Shannon, Shannon, Shannon Scott year. Probably, yeah. There weren't. Listen, there weren't too many high turnover games. Like, but I feel like we've been pumping you up here with a lot of platitudes, so I have to bring you down. A oh no, 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 no. That was, I, I remember getting to like a like a pissing match with DeAndre Russell. Like, so I could I could believe that. <laughs> Last one here. We're gonna wrap it up. Um, did you have a career winning or losing record against Wisconsin? Losing. Yeah, close though. Three and four. Yeah, yeah lose. I won there though. Yeah. That's tough to do. I, I won there my freshman year. That's the only time I won there. It's tough to do though. You also it's won tough the last to be Wisconsin. Game. Yeah, you won the last Yeah, my, that was my senior night. My senior night. I won my game there, and I won my senior night. That was a game Nigel Hayes kind of confused me with his trash talking. Yeah, I remember that. I, I That's the funniest thing in this story for me. Like, what – I I do you have any remembrance of what he was saying? Well, I just don't even, like, know it. Like, it, I just remember, like, being in the locker room. Because I remember he was really funny in the media. Mm-hmm. Extremely. He was, like, good with the media, smart guy, like – but like he talked like that on the court too. But it's like I'm not a reporter. Like <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I just remember being in the locker room. I remember AJ saying something about it. AJ really didn't say much about anything. He just kind of Did you hear what such and such said. And I was like, yeah, man, I didn't get it. <laughs> but he was a really good player. I think um honestly, I always said, and honestly, I'm not him, and I can't speak for another man. But I really, really, really think if Nigel Hayes leaves with Frank and Sam. I think he's um I think he's a, a long lasting NBA player. I think he would have got drafted. I think he would have stuck because I think his game for that position fits now. And I think he could have been that that tweener big because he was he was he was really good. Yeah, for sure. Really, really high IQ on the court. All right, yeah. he is Rafael Davis, a BTM basketball analyst, former Purdue great. Rafael, thank you so so much for the time, man. I really do appreciate it. Oh yeah, no problem. Anytime. All right, and for everyone listening on Wisconsin, basketball's coming up. Let's go. We'll talk again tomorrow.